On today's show, we hear from Austin Matthews and discuss if he's priority number one this offseason. Also, is hockey finally dead in the desert? All that and more coming up on today's edition of the Lockdown Lease Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the May 17th edition of the Lockdown Leafs podcast, your one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother, from TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's uh, Leafs Lunch. Joining me is my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also catch us on Video form over on YouTube. Just search up Lockdown Leafs. We got new content coming out each and every weekday. That's Monday through Friday on uh, well, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, so, Dave, interesting couple of days here uh, in Leafland. We still don't know a whole lot about what's going on. We haven't heard from Ben and Shanahan. We still are unaware of you know what exactly Kyle Dubas is going to do with his future. And uh, with all that being said, I feel better about things today because at least we're not the Arizona Coyotes who looks like might be losing their team, pal. Just uh, It's just continues to show maybe what many have been saying about this market and that, look, this is not a, not a throwing it something at the Arizona Coyotes fans, but the fact that if this team was successful with fans showing up on a consistent basis and the team and the city or the state would be willing to put a proper investment into this team. And this would not, this arena issue would have been dealt with a long time ago, but I think it's just continually trying to make this market work has been, I think one of the bigger failures that the NHL has been through over the last and there's been some failures, but I think mean, this one has been probably the worst since that move was made back in the late 90s. And it's it's something that Gary Bettman has really just, he's tried to just force it in there. And look, hey, Toronto was blessed with Austin Matthews, who came from, you know, Scottsdale, Arizona. And the big reason is because, you know, he grew up and he was able to, to watch the games and, you know, he grew up in that city and within, I guess, that culture. So it's not that it didn't breed any good hockey players. Tage Thompson came from Arizona. Matthew Nyes is an Arizona kid. Uh, obviously, Austin Matthews, which we'll get to today on the show. Um, but, you know, ultimately, you're right. It's it's not anything that – it's just something that has never really worked. Like, there just was never enough support for that fan base and for that team. Ownership has never been 100% fully involved in what was going on. And, and again, is that the chicken or the egg? Is that the, – did the fans not come because the team has always been so Mickey Mouse? Or did the ownership always try and be Mickey Mouse because the fans were never there to support the team to make them any real money? You know, like, it, it is kind of uh, – 
a two uh, uh, two edged sword there in a way. But I, I I will say this: I think that the current ownership uh, and the way that things have been dealt with over the last two years really have been um, really it's it's been a poorly run organization. Like remember last year, like they literally got locked out of their building last year for non-payment of, of mm-hmm. rent and they were like you know what we're we're you're you're out of here you're done and mm-hmm. that's why they had to move to mullet arena because they got kicked out of their building like that's just that's so embarrassing and gary bettman came out and and still after that supported this guy supported ownership and said we will put a a 30-year commitment to the city of arizona or to the state of arizona and try and build hockey here in the desert if we get this arena deal, well, last night in Tempe, Arizona, the uh, the council members voted not to proceed with any new arena deal. You were reading up on on what exactly happened. Can you uh, share some more details on the situation? Yeah, I mean, there was um, going into this, the group, I mean, obviously the Coyotes had a whole party room set up. Pretty much in cel- waiting for a celebration of you know the deal to go through, only for it to be overwhelmingly voted down, like double digits. Like this wasn't even a close vote um, to go forward with the plan for the arena deal. It was a two point three billion dollar entertainment district, not just the arena itself, but just to help right. the area itself. But the big issue, another issue was actually where the arena, the land of the arena, everything was going to be built. The FAA, which had an issues because of the flight path. Like there was just so many issues with the, with this, uh, with this plan to begin with. And residents just had no desire for this sort of deal. And let's not forget that, you know, not every, um, not every city wants to deal with the price tag that's going to come with that sort of project, right? Like the Kyries aren't footing up a $2 billion uh, bill. Like we know that. And I think that's, that was way too ambitious for the, um, for Arizona, for Arizona and the NHL to think that that was going to go through considering there has never been significant investment from the state to begin with. Like this, this was, would have been their fourth different arena. They would have tried to get to in the time that they've been in Arizona. It's just, it just seemed like there was never really that honest commitment. And I don't know how, I don't know how Arizona, the team and the NHL misread this whole situation. Yeah. That sounds to me like they, so they're ready for, They were ready to celebrate a, a ruling that they were going to get this this arena deal voted yes. Yet it sounds as though nobody was in favor of it. There was massive issues with it. How did they not figure that out? Like that just shows the dysfunction that this organization has. Like wow, and, and Gary Bettman too, man. You know he's got to shoulder some of this. Like that's egg on his face. He's tried and tried and tried again to to keep hockey in the desert that's been his baby for the longest time and i I, i've got to think that this is probably it for the desert dogs i would assume that it's gotten to a point now where they have no building no prospects as to where they're going to put a building anywhere within that uh within that state and now all of a sudden you look and it's like, okay, well, what are their options? Are they going to play at a mullet arena for the rest of their career? No, that's not going to work. 
There's nope. no chance that the owners are going to let them do that. The amount of money that they're wasting by doing that is is insane. Um, nothing's you know up to up to par to standard of where it needs to be. I would say. I mean, they found a way to to cut corners and get the arena to to where it meets bare minimum standards, but it's not an NHL rink. Let's be honest. It's it was yeah. kind of cool and fun, I guess, the atmosphere at first, but that that'll that'll die off. Like you, you just know it, especially if the team's gonna stink the way that they do because they don't put any money behind it. I mean, what what do you think is is next here for the Coyotes? Because it sounds like potentially relocation has to finally come to the fold now, doesn't it? I think so. Like you think about also where the division they're playing, they're playing out of the central division. Cause remember they got moved when Seattle came in. I think you hear the talk about Atlanta being a possibility again. I think they he- I heard Houston was, was an Atlanta? option. I really? heard about Atlanta because of the whole arena. They want to really push, uh, to get back into that market, right? Because you know Atlanta's still a good sports market, despite. I mean, just the Thrashers were just a terrible team. Um, so, so I've heard. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. That's not not really saying much. Um, so there was that. I heard Utah has been a potential one as well. So, like, I I think there's going to be options for the NHL to look for relocation. And I know everyone's going to say, "Oh, what about Quebec? The NHL is not looking to come up to Canada. They've made that pretty clear for a long time. Um, I think that has more to do with, has nothing to do with the support from the fans. I think it has more to do with the economics of, you know, the American markets always usually have more to offer economically. Uh, the Canadian economy has had its ups and downs, especially with the exchange rate and the dollar and all those things. It makes it very tough for a lot of the um, for sports ownership. And I just think that, yes, they have the arena ready, but also there's a good, there would be an imbalance of teams in the East and the West. Like You have to find a team that would have to move from the Atlantic Division to then go to the Central Division. So that's the other thing that you have to consider as well on top of that. Yeah, which, you know, I guess if you're doing alignment, you could. Like, that that has yeah. happened before where, you know, new teams move or enter and they just kind of realign things. It's it's possible. It's not completely, what is going on out there? Oh, someone's mowing the lawn and it's making all this noise here. All right, hopefully that doesn't – that'll end in, like, two seconds because that's annoying. <laughs> um yeah, I, th- I think that ultimately uh, there, it's it's probably going to remain in, in within the U.S. Um, but I just wonder how long of a process this is going to be now for for relocation. Like, is is it? Do we need new ownership? Is a new owner going to buy the team, relocate it? Is it the same owner? Does he have interest in in this whole relocating process? Alex Marulo, like, is it something he wants to do? Because I think he was like an Arizona guy. Like, that was kind of. Yeah his baby and in, in, in his state, his city. And now that they don't want him there, is he going to want to be part of the situation or the process? I don't know. That's all information that uh, still has to come to light. But I think what we know right now is uh, the arena deal has been squashed by the city of Tempe and they're not going to be getting one. And now it, it, it looks as though the writing is on the wall for hockey in the desert. And, uh, what that does mean is we can probably stop complaining or talking about Matthews leaving Toronto to go home because pretty soon 
there ain't going to be a home for him to go to if hockey does not remain in the desert. And that's what we're going to focus on for the rest of this podcast is, you know, Austin Matthews will play his audio from his end of season press conference and discuss if he is the priority, priority number one this offseason for the Maple Leafs. But before we get into all that, Dave, uh, let me tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's our good friends at eBay Motors. A championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit, ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items apply. Exclusions apply as well. I'm Mike DiStefano. Welcome back into the Lockdown Lease podcast. Got my boy Dave Morissuti with me on the show today. Um, we were just chatting about the Arizona Coyotes and how they could lose their hockey team. And if that happens, the narrative that Matthews will leave Toronto to go home should now be dead in the water. I never thought he was going to ever go play in a 5,000-seat arena anyway. Even if they did get this new arena deal, he wasn't going to spend the first three years of his career um, putting around in, in Mullet Arena anyway. That may be more of a, a later-on type of thing. Maybe his third contract or his fourth contract or you know, 10 years down the line if he wants to go and play the same way that Spets and Geo did at the end of their careers here in Toronto. But I never saw the Coyotes as a threat to uh, to pull Matthews out of Toronto next season anyways. Uh, all right. Why don't we um, hear from Austin Matthews, and uh, then we can kind of pull out what we thought was interesting, and, and we could discuss it on the other side. Austin, uh, what sort of progress do you feel was made this season? Oh, I mean... I think it's kind of just easy to look at it, and you know, you get out of the first round, and it's a you know big probably talking point. But obviously, you know, the main goal every year is to you know challenge and um, you know win, and you know you still haven't met that. But I think you know throughout the season, there's obviously ups and downs and adversity that gets thrown your way, and uh, lessons and experiences that um, you know that are that are really important in just the evolution of being a, a person, a player, an organization, and a team. Is the team sure enough that you would like to be here long term? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, my intention is to, to be here. I I think I've uh, you know reciprocated that uh, before. How much I enjoy playing here and, and what it means to me and um, the organization, uh, my teammates, and, and how much uh, you know I just enjoy being here. So how important to get that done before next season? Yeah, I, I think that. Uh, you know it's important, and you know it'll all kind of work itself out in due time, and um, and just kind of go from there. But um, you know, as far as everything else goes, I mean, it's uh, you know like I've like I said before, I, I really do enjoy playing here, and it's it's a true honor, and um, you know the work that you know we're putting into obviously continue to to strive for that, that end result is uh, extremely motivating. How much were you injured uh, in the playoffs? From much of the uh, I mean, you get the bumps and bruises and stuff, and deal with, with certain stuff, and um, you know, like everybody is, and uh, it's just kind of the nature of the game and the nature of you know playoffs, especially. Your hand was the worst anything that might affected your shooting? Yeah, I mean, it was something I was dealing with a little bit throughout the season and you know, a little bit throughout the playoffs. I mean, in the end, it's you know my job to kind of push through that and, and do what I can. 
uh, to help the team win. What do you enjoy about working with Kyle Dubas? I mean, I think he's a great, uh, a great gem. I think he's built a really good culture here. Um, you know, when you talk to guys that come from other teams and uh, other organizations, and just uh, what he's been able to kind of build here is uh, is great. And I have a really good relationship with him. And um, you know, obviously, everybody's you know same goal in mind is to obviously win. And when those expectations don't get don't get met, or you know, you fall short, obviously. Um, you know, people, you know, point the finger and, and whatnot. But, um, you know, in my experience with Kyle, it's been uh, a really positive one. How, how, how do you think you do get over the hump here, Austin? Sorry? How do you think you do get over the hump in the playoffs? I mean, if I had all the answers, I wouldn't be standing here right now. Um, I, I think it's just you go through those experiences, and I think like any team that's won before, you, you go through – uh, you know, a lot of stuff that, you know, maybe you wish you wouldn't have or uh, would prefer not to, but, you know, I think it's just kind of the evolution of, of growing into uh, a team that uh, competes uh, for championships year after year and it puts themselves in positions to, to contend, and that's obviously what we're trying to do here and trying to build here. And, um, you know, it's no secret that, you know, we've fallen short plenty of times. and. Um, you know, I think it's just the motivation factor of you know picking yourself up uh, after you fall down and just continuing to put the work in and uh, with this group uh, and continue to pull for that goal. Considering the group you guys did have and considering the teams that have fallen around the league, does it feel like it's even more of a missed opportunity than some of the other missed opportunities? Uh, I mean, I think it's easy to say. I think every time you you know you fall short, it feels like a missed opportunity. So I'm not sure. Um, you know, we played. Boston and they go do the final, play Montreal, they go to the final, obviously, you know, you, you look at those and you think of missed opportunities, but, you know, in the end when you, um, when you lose and your season is over and, uh, you know, you kind of think of it that way, I guess. As you get ready to leave here for the summer, do you get a sense through chatting with people, the exit meetings, whether things might look very different, a little different, seismically different when you come back in the fall? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, you know, I think just the the sense is it's kind of up in the air. I don't know. These are kind of stuff that's out of my control, and I can't really uh, comment on that. I guess you do, uh, you do have the ability to have as much voice in this organization as anybody, though. Um, like you have probably the most power of any player. What would you tell management about specifically the core of this team and whether or not they should be kept together, whether it should be looked at, whether they can win a Stanley Cup? I, mean, I think those conversations are, you know, meant to be in private. So I don't know if I'm going to really comment too much on that. I think uh, my belief in you know our core players and the guys that have been here is is never wavered, and I still believe in that. So you said you want you'd like question. to be here long term, Austin. Kyle's deal is up as GM. You obviously have a close relationship with him. If for whatever reason he doesn't resign this day here, how much does that affect your long term thinking? I mean, look, I, I understand the question, but it's, you know, all kind of hypothetical what if. I'm not really going to comment, you know, too far on that. Like I said, I have a good relationship with Kyle, um, and, and that's really all I have to say. Thanks, Austin. Thank you, guys. So we heard from Austin Matthews and, uh, you know, wrote down a few notes there on what he had to say. Why don't we take one more quick break? When we come back, we can dissect what he did have to say. Before we get uh, to that, Dave, how about a word from uh, one of our new show sponsors? Yep, it's a, it's a new product that we're going to be trying out. It's If you want to look good, 
but also uh, feel good while you're wearing clothes, then you got to go over and try Bird Dogs. Their stretchy fabric makes makes you look great, and they're comfier than any other shorts and pants that you have ever tried. They give you the freedom to wear one pair of shorts, pants on the golf course, to a meeting, a date, or hanging out with friends. People people liked the versatility of this product. You know, uh, Brett Kreischer, if some of you might know him, wakes up to his wake house wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills burgers, and chills with his family, all in the shorts he associates with the summer. And that is Bird Dogs. So make sure you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL where you can enter the promo code LockedOnNHL. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. What a great value there. So make sure you go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL. Use the promo code LockedOnNHL to get that offer. Go and get yourself some Bird Dogs for the summer. Welcome back into the Locked On Lease podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. Got Dave Morissuti with me. We just heard from Austin Matthews at his year-end press conference. Um, you know, talked a little bit about his future with the deal uh, that's impending. Talked a little bit about his health status uh, and and whether or not he was injured. And um, but didn't talk a whole lot about you know his opinion on the core of the team and whether or not Kyle's future is tied to his, which I thought was interesting. Um, where do you want to start? What did you think was notable about what Austin Matthews talked about just now? I mean, kind of just the same issue I had with all the players. When they asked was, what's kind of the, do you have any answer? Do you have any idea of how you guys can move forward in the playoffs? And he's just like, well, if I had the answers, we'd be out moving on right there. That right there was the opportunity for him to say, I just need to score more. If he just says that, no. if he just says, I no. need to score more. No. I need to score. Yeah. Drop the more. He just needs to score because he had zero goals in the second round. In the second round. It's not that he needs to score more. He just needs to score, buddy. I, I was talking more in the whole playoffs as a whole. I know. I know. But yeah, in that second round, if they were asking just the second round what went wrong in that series, it would have been easy for him to just say, I need to score goals. Like, then I would have had no issue. But for him to say, if I well, if I had the answers, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Well, <laughs> there there are answers. You just don't want to share. Like it's it's almost like somebody doesn't want to put themselves in a situation where they're being um I wouldn't say radioed, but like you know they're they're putting all the onus on themselves. And like that that's to me is what a leader should be doing. You know, even Ryan O'Reilly when he said his uh, post. Uh, uh, you know, locker room clean out comments. He's like, I need to create more. He needed to do more. And Ryan O'Reilly wasn't really brought in here to be the main con- uh, offensive contributor. He was supposed to be more of a supporting role. So that, that to me is what, what was the issue there uh, with what, and this isn't what uh, just Austin Matthews said. This is what Mitch Marner said. And all the other guys had said, pretty much said the same thing where none of them were really, really to say we weren't good enough. And we need to be better, right? Like we need to do more if we ever want to go far in the playoffs. So I I think he's trying very hard not to be too down on the group. But I thought it was quite interesting when they asked him. Well, I didn't like the way they asked the question. Austin Matthews, you hold all the power. Like, yes, that's true. But like, just ask him, what do you feel? What are your feelings about how you want this team to go going forward or something like that? Like, I didn't like the way the question was asked. And he him saying that he's going to keep that private 
not giving like the total ringing endorsement for the group, I think kind of says something too. Yeah. And I completely agree. I'm going to sneeze in one second. Hold on. Oh. Oh. Allergies, man. <laughs> allergies. They're killing me right now. This time of year, the allergies just kill me. I got itchy eyes and sneezing becomes an issue. Man, it's a killer. Anyways, uh, Austin Matthews. Um, yeah, I, 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 I totally picked up on that too, where it didn't sound like, you know, his belief in this core was as strong as it had been, you know, he wasn't like a hundred percent saying, yeah, I want to come back with this core. We want to try and win again. What I will say is there wasn't a whole lot of we're close. You know, he, he did acknowledge that the answers just haven't been there. Um, and you know, he said some other things to the effect of, you know, teams that win typically go through the ups and downs. They lose first, yada, yada, yada. So he's still putting that kind of pull, that, that card. But it's like, yeah, you've lost now like seven years in a row. And you've only actually won one singular round. So it's not like it's been uh, a whole lot of learning and, and making mm-hmm. leaps year after year here. Um, but the thing that I did pull out of it, though, is right at the beginning when he was asked about his contract. Because keep in mind – Austin Matthews did say that he wasn't going to talk about his contract at all throughout the offseason. He on on media day, day one of training camp, he let the media know he will not be talking about his contract situation because he can't do anything about it until July 1st. And he said he was not going to talk about it until the offseason. So today it was kind of the first day or a couple days ago was the first day that reporters were able to actually ask him about it and see where his thoughts were when it comes to re-signing and being a part of the Maple Leafs' future long-term. And he did say that his intentions is to be here, he enjoys being here, and did note that he thought it was important to get it done before next season. So it doesn't sound as though he will be going into uh, you know the year without a deal. If that's the case, then I think something probably has gone wrong, and maybe – he just the deal will not be made, but it, it sounds as though Austin Matthews and, and could it be lip service? Maybe I suppose they all said the same thing that they all want to come back and whatnot. But I I, I believe that Austin Matthews wants to remain a Toronto Maple Leaf. I think he likes being here. I think he likes the fact that he's can he can own this market and he can own many many records and he sees you know the recognition that he can get from that financially also by being in this market. Um, he's a guy of culture and there's great culture in this city. I think he actually likes being a Toronto guy. Um, it's whether or not, you know, they want it does what does his, what is his opinion of what his next contract going to look like? You know, like that, that is, I think the ultimate question that we now have here going forward is, okay, what does his contract demands look like is he somebody who's going to come out and and say all right i need 20 percent of the cap that's the most that i can get you guys owe it to me and i'm going to get what i deserve 20 percent of the cap that's the max contract at like 15 million dollars is he going to walk into kyle dupes's office and is that going to be what he and his agent ask for i don't know if that is that's going to be a very, very interesting dialogue between him 
and Kyle Dubas or him and whoever the next general manager is. Technically, we still don't know who that's going to be yet either. Um, but if, if, if had it my way, I would hope that he comes in and basically says, okay, what did McDavid get? What did McKinnon get? And I have the numbers here. So McDavid at the time of his, no, where did I put them? Hold on. Yeah, I got him. So McDavid at the time of, of signing his contract extension, he signed for 16.2% of the cap at the time, which is good for $12.5 million AAV. McKinnon comes in just a hair over that AAV, but a little bit smaller percentage of the cap at 15.2% of the cap. I don't envision anybody ever being able to walk into their general manager's office and saying, I deserve more piece of the pie than Connor McDavid. I think as long as McDavid is sitting here at 16.2% of the cap, no other player has a leg to stand on to get any more than that. I think Matthews could walk in and Matthews could say, look, give me 15.5% of the cap. That'll be $13 million a season. It resets the market. He's at the top of the bar. I think that would be maybe what I would look at as a, a fair deal for both sides. I think two things that will really determine this too is what's the turn going to look like, right? Like Austin Matthews didn't give the Leafs eight years you know, in this contract, which I know a lot of people were not happy about. And I wasn't too thrilled about that. And you're going to be giving a guy over $10 million. You would like to get the full eight year commitment, but we know what Austin Matthews was also trying to do here. He was also trying to reset for potentially the next deal, right? When the salary cap will go higher. Um, Because he's coming in, I think when he signed the contract, it was around 14.6% of the cap when he signed it. And I think the important thing here when you're looking at the future contract, I think the Leafs have to have two conversations with them. One, are you prioritizing getting paid the max? Uh, And I'm hearing and I heard the $15 million and I'm just like, there's just no way that's going to happen just because you're not going to be paying $3 million more per season for Austin Matthews than what the Colorado Avalanche are paying Nathan McKinnon, because that gap is not too far apart between those two players. Now, maybe in the past you could have said that, but now Nathan McKinnon has a lot more to his resume that he didn't have when he signed or that he didn't have, you know, a few years ago. Right. And so on top of that, you got to have the conversation of what type of team do you want built around you? What's your priority? being paid or winning because if we pay you say goodbye to mitch marner say goodbye to willie say goodbye to a lot of other players because it's just not going to be feasible to build this team like the leafs have to eventually start shifting away from being too top heavy because they got to be able to surround matthews with the team like does he want to win does he want to have the support going forward and i think that's going to have to be the honest conversation they're going to have to have with them yeah, for sure. I, I think that that's uh, it's a good call. Definitely, you know, he's going to have to leave a little bit on the table, I guess, so that they can try and, and, and build the team around him. And, you know, that comes down to what you just said. Is your priority to win or is your priority to get paid? And if your priorities get paid, maybe Toronto looks at that and says, he's not our guy. He's not our guy. The passion ain't there. He just wants to make sure that he gets his buck. He's a terrifically, you know, he's a hell of a hockey player. Hell of a hockey player. Top five in the world. But if his passion is to get paid, 
and not to win a Stanley Cup, then I think that uh, that other options will be explored. Kyle Dubas said no options are off the table. Yeah. He did not, like, he said everything will be explored, and I think that would include an Austin Matthews trade if he's looking to get paid top dollar. Because I don't think if, if it's going to happen, if there's a team that's willing to do it, sure. It's not going to be the Maple Leafs. It is not going to be the Maple Leafs. I can tell you that right now. I don't – I just don't anticipate this team being able to pay that guy a max contract of $15 million this, this offseason for an extension. I, I think if that's the ask and if that's what he's going to dig his heels into – I then believe that the Maple Leafs might have to look into um, trading Austin Matthews, and that's that's a very difficult deal to make. Obviously, he's again, you're not going to get a player better than Austin Matthews back in return, but maybe you get a couple of pieces, um, you know, to try and and replicate the production that he might be able to give you between getting a you know a, a second line center. Um, in behind him and a top pair defenseman also, and you just maybe round out your team a little more and you give it one more kick at the can and you try and do something. But it's going to be a very fascinating few weeks here. I'll say this. Uh, you have one more comment on it? Yeah. My final thing is like my priority is to keep Austin Matthews here. Like there's just you invested a lot in this guy. You know what he means to this, what, how he can play when he is at his best. My priority would be to keep him. This is also where I feel like the NHL not having some sort of cap escalator in deals. Like there are actually um, ways where in other sports you can you can kind of change the contract as the salary cap goes up. I think the NBA has that clause where there's a cap escalator where if the cap goes up, the contract can go up. I feel like that's something the NHL, considering the uncertainty of how the cap has gone, has really screwed teams in some ways because they will like the Leafs would love to pay Austin Matthews whatever he wants it's just salary cap does not allow them to do that but that's just another other hiccup with all that I I just think the priority should be to keep him but there's got to be a very honest as we said a very honest conversation of what type of situation does he want what type of future does he really envision in Toronto? So I think that's just that's just something that has to that has to be that has to happen. And yeah, the first things first, you have to figure out who the GM is going to be to have that conversation, and whether the, and we'll hopefully hear from Brendan Shanahan soon enough to really get an idea for that. Yeah, and uh, just really quickly on that, it, it sounds as though we'll know very very soon because. Um, I read Chris Johnson's piece the other day in the star and, you know, he's of the belief that, um, you know, the contract is sitting there waiting for Kyle Dubas. It's, it's on him now at this point. So he said, he's going to take a couple of days to speak with his family and come up with answers. Cause there's a lot of work to be done between now and July 1st, when a lot of things are up in the air, whether that's all these no trade contracts that are uh, these no trade clauses that kick in and also try and get these deals kind of hammered away. So that come July 1st, uh, they get submitted to the league and we don't have to talk about it anymore because it's done. And I'll echo it. I'll echo those comments you just made, by the way. Um, yes, signing Austin Matthews should be the priority and, and I think will be the priority. But the price tag is going to have to be stomachable 
for the Maple Leafs, I think is, is the sentiment that, uh, that I'd like to relay though, right? Like it's not blank check, sign you at whatever you want at all costs. It's got to make sense. It, It does have to make sense because look at the end of the day, they've done nothing in the playoffs with this guy to have to reward him with all of the goods that he wants, right? He got that on his first contract and they didn't, he didn't come through with what he was supposed to do. So maybe he leaves a little on the table on the second contract and shows that he's here for the long haul and he's here to win a, a, a Stanley Cup and build the team. Um, and he could be the leader of it, absolutely. But I think that uh, a, a healthy discussion as to what his priorities are will go a long way into whether or not he is a Maple Leaf long-term going forward or not. But we shall see, Dave. It's certainly something that we can pick up on and talk about uh, throughout the course of the next couple of weeks here. You know, July 1st is is the first time he's able to sign an extension. So I guess, you know, we'll still kind of have to hope and ponder until then about what it could look like and what could, uh, what could happen. Um, so we'll see. We will see. That'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Lockdown Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morris Duty and the show as well at Locked on Leafs. We'll be back with another episode for y'all tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.